Hey, keto freaks, this is Carl. Do you or someone you know have trouble focusing? You know what I'm talking about. You sit down to read something, try to figure out your monthly budget, write that novel you've been putting off, or maybe you just can't seem to do one task at a time. Well, you may not know this, but I'm a musician as well as a software developer. Programming is a job that requires focus, long periods of uninterrupted work. It's hard for them and for you. I've created Music to Code By. This is music, yes, but it's specifically and scientifically designed to promote focus. Studies show that when math students were exposed to Baroque music between 60 and 80 beats per minute, they did better with comprehension and testing. So I created more modern music that is neither boring nor distracting, but falls within that tempo range. It's just the right mix. I also made the pieces 25 minutes long. That correlates to research that shows we all get brain fatigue after 20 or so minutes of hard focus. The result is thousands of happy customers. Now, you don't have to be a programmer to reap the benefits of music to code by. It has been known to soothe restless pets, calm fussy babies, and even help autistic kids relax and fall asleep. Listen to some free samples at musictocodeby.net. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February of this year, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my deranged metabolism. In that time, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia, and I've been on a ketogenic diet for over two years. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. And we're going to share the progress of my journey through ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. And hopefully that might help a few people out there who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? Nah. <laughs> so we've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them. We hope to share some of that research. So where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. That's right. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. We love to cook and we love to eat. So we share the great food that we can eat on this diet. In every episode, both of us share a recipe for an essential keto meal that we eat regularly. So let's start podcast number 21, Being Brenda Zorn. Richard, do we have any corrections or apologies from last week? No, nothing. I reckon we can get on with the show. What was that Swedish or Norwegian word you used? Ingenting. <laughs> Ingenting. 
Ingenting Bupkis. Bupkis. <laughs> so uh, how are you doing? It's actually, we've only been five days since we recorded the last one. So how are you, how are you going? Uh, so last week, you might remember that I did the truffle degustation and right. I was patting myself on the back by the, for the fact that I'd done a 100K ride the week before and I'd just done a yeah. 45K ride or 50K ride that day. And that my blood sugar was all nice and uh, 4.4 and really feeling good. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, for the rest of the week, my blood sugar was about one millimole higher than it normally is. So wow. normally when I'm like about 5 to 5.2, I was between 6 and 6.2 for the entire week. Hmm. So there was lasting effects for me, um, which hmm. is just underscores the fact that I really can't do a truffle degustation more than once a year or so. <laughs> yeah, right. But luckily enough, yeah. that truffle festival only happens in Canberra once every year, so I should be good to go. It's funny that the effects uh, come later, after the what you think is a good effect. A couple of days later, now all sorts of weird stuff happens. Yeah, it was like 48 hours, and then, then really the thing started to kick in. But my... Glucose has started to go down now, so and I, my ketones are starting to come back up again. So I'm hmm. feeling good. So um, now I'll do my normal ride this weekend. Today in Canberra, or today in the whole of Australia, is our general election. So I'm going to go for a bike ride down to Old Parliament House and vote, which will be awesome. Um, All right. And uh, other than that, uh, I've had a good week. How's your week been, Carl? How many parties do you have in Australia? Just curious. We have we we have like a left centre left and a centre right, same as uh, same as you guys do. But then we have a lot of really weird little micro parties. Like, um, and the way I vote, I always start like for the for the for the House of Representatives. We have similar kind of system to America. We have a, a House of Review, the Senate. We have a House of Representatives, so kind mm. of your, like your house, and right. uh, and the the Senate ballot because there's all these micro parties. Uh, the Senate ballot is like it. They call it the Star Wars Cantina. It's full of weirdos. Yeah, exactly. So, so we have all these weirdos. You'll be dead. Hand <laughs> shot first. Sorry. So, so we, so we basically, um, we start off with like a hundred. We have a big, like a. It's almost a tablecloth that you have to fill out. With 136 <laughs> different numbers, and they oh. and they make it easy for you. They say you just number the person you like at the top, and their preferences will choose everybody else. Hmm. I refuse to let the bastards get away with that. I <laughs> I, I start You're out a with I st- I go below the line. I have 136 numbers to fill in, and I start out with the person that I loathe the most, and I mark them <laughs> in as 136, and I go backwards. <laughs> I go backwards through them all. So. Uh, I, I you are enjoy, such a maverick, man. I enjoy voting. It's it's it, yeah. you only get to do this once every three years, and it's also compulsory in Australia as well. So if you don't vote, you yeah. get fined thirty bucks. Wow, this is interesting <laughs> stuff. I never knew about your country. There you go. So I, anyway. I'm sure you know all about mine. So I won't belabor well, any of those stories. But I've, uh, lived, I've lived in your country for eight years, so I've got a little <laughs> yeah. bit of experience about it. So, so Carl, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Um, I learned something very interesting and important, and it reinforces stuff I already knew, but it sort of um, came into sharp focus this week. Remember I told you I came to this eating pattern where in order for me to lose weight, I have to eat just lunch. Yeah. And yeah. And if I eat dinner, then I don't lose any weight. And turns out if I eat two keto meals, lunch and dinner, 
being 66 pounds lighter than I was when I started, I will actually gain weight, even wow. though I'm eating keto food. Yeah. So it's probably just because I need to dial back the dietary fat that I'm eating. But yeah. you know, what happens is you go on keto, you get used to eating, you know, fathead pizza and right. steaks and butter. It's good food. Yeah, it's great food. So I, you know, this is what happened. I hit the 300 pound mark, which is great. Did a did a happy dance. And, yeah, and then I went out to for dinner, and. Just went up a pound the next day, and then I had, then I waited and just had dinner the next day, and I didn't lose any weight. And then I had mm -hmm. lunch, a keto lunch, and then uh, friends invited us over, blah, blah, blah. They brought out some really good cheese and some really good mm -hmm. Marcone almonds, nice. and it was keto, <laughs> yeah. but I ate it. And then, of yeah. course, I'm up another pound. And so, you know, so then I got back on my horse and I ate just lunch good man. yesterday. And I had nothing for dinner and I'm two pounds down. So this is the kind of yo-yo thing that I'm going through and I'm ho still hovering around that 300 pound mark. So, yeah. but I, th I, I'm sticking to it. And in fact, the keto freaks are doing a fast, uh, this week, the post July 4th fast. Yeah. July 4th fast. Yeah. Whose idea was it? Was it yours, Brenda? No, that was another member that actually started that idea for the, for the July fast. And that was Brenda Zorn. She's our guest today. We'll be talking to her soon in more, but go ahead and jump in anytime, Brenna. So, okay. yeah. So I decided I'm going to a conference and the yeah. last time I went to a conference in Norway, you know, I kind of screwed up. Right. Uh -huh. So at least there's no Taco Bell in Norway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this is in Montreal and I plan to fast the entire time. So I'm going to bookend you guys by a day or so. Nice. And uh, I'm going to try doing it the entire, cause I figure if I can do that, yeah. And I travel so much, then I can do it every time I travel and not worry about it. Yeah. That so would this, be awesome. Wouldn't that that's be awesome? Yeah, that's actually a really good plan. Right. So it's self-discipline to the, to the ninth. And of course, as soon as I post that, somebody from Montreal says, oh, you got to go here for this and here for that in this French <laughs> restaurant. It's all good keto food. What are you doing? Fasting? You're an idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. So, so that's how I'm doing. I'm good. Uh, I was 301 this morning, so I'm, you know, still hovering or circling the drain, as we say. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, it. you're fine. You're doing well. Yeah, I'm fine. And I'm doing great, and I'm not hungry, and I feel good. So, there you go. And that brings us to... My Go ahead, Brenda. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Brenda. Yes. Mail. Say mail. Mail. Fasting <laughs> mail, Carl. Fasting mail, all right? Perfect. Ah, put me on the spot, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, we have a few uh, messages this week. And did all of these come from the, the group, Richard? They all came from our Facebook group, which you can get to by just going to fb.2keto.com. All right. The first one is from Ken Dinnett. He says, I've been in ketosis for four days and I've noticed that the Coke Zero and Equal in my coffee tastes, well, very, very sweet. Like, not nice at all. Yeah. Anyone else, anyone else notice this? Um... Yeah, I don't know because I haven't had a Diet Coke or anything. Your tastes change. So if you, um, when you go keto and you go without sugar, because you're not having sweet things in sugar, the sweet things in non caloric sweetness taste 
much sweeter. So at least that's what I noticed. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I know bourbon tastes sweeter and wine tastes sweeter, and I I never noticed that it was sweet, but I could swear there's sugar in it, and of course mm. there isn't. Yeah. And I also cook with sweetener, like I've made mousse and that kind yeah. of stuff, but I've been able to control how much sweetener I use, so I don't have anything or reference, you know. Yeah. No, I think it's I, th- I think it's definitely a thing once you get into uh, not having sugar. Other things that taste sweet taste really sweet, and it's just because normally uh, when you're a sugar burner and you're eating a lot of sugar, you probably need that extra level of uh, sweetness to be able to get over the no- your normal levels. So yeah, that's right. just my, my my speculation. Might be your taste buds too; they shrink down or expand, <laughs> or I don't know who it. Who yeah, knows? We got no science. <laughs> no science, Brenda. You you don't even. And Brenda Zorn, by the way, is an administrator in uh, in our Facebook group, and also the administrator of uh, Keto Ninjas. Keto Ninjas. Keto Ninjas, <laughs> Brenda. You don't use sweetener at all, right? No, actually, I don't. I um, I I stopped all sweeteners. I did erythritol and stevia for a while, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, I found that they just uh, increased appetite. And strangely, if I had it um, the night before, the next day, I would find an increased appetite. Yeah. So, and and we always get questions about sweeteners in the group and in mail yeah. and stuff. And the answer is always test it on yeah. yourself. You know, yeah. and you do oh, right. that. Well, you do that with a glucose meter. Right, exactly. Like mol- molotol or yeah. mol- what how do you say Maltitol. that? Maltitol. Maltitol, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, um, that'll raise my blood sugar. And Mine too. Yeah, I, yeah and plus it <laughs> um, can make me pretty freaking sick too. So Yeah, and we know how you're talking about sick. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Disaster pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Goes right through you. Gives yeah. you a run for your money. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the, the next one is from Tim Rice, and Tim says, "You guys inspired me to try a seventy-two hour fast." Yeah. I'm sixty hours in. I still can't believe how not hungry I am. Wow. I can't even express how liberating this is. I've even run five miles twice and worked out at the gym twice. Ketones is energy. Is awesome. Unlearn, rethink. I love it. I hear this all the time. Yep. And uh, we, you know, here's one thing that we need to say. And I, I pinned a post to the uh, Facebook group about this, mm-hmm. and that is we've gotten some messages and emails from people who just come and checking it out and seeing what it's all about, and they see we're talking about fasting and hundred k bike rides, and they're intimidated, and they're like, "Geez, do I have to do all this stuff just to lose weight?" And the answer is no. And listen no. to the eating pattern show. We talk about what what our what our observations are based on what yeah. we did. And you know, fasting comes naturally after a certain period of time, and so does exercise after a certain period of time. And certainly, if you're obese, exercise can actually hurt you. It can mm. hurt your knees. It can hurt your joints and your feet. So, and it's not necessary. You you don't need to do that to lose weight and get healthy. And we're talking about heart health, liver health, uh, you know, uh, visceral fat, and yeah. uh, all of that stuff. And when you get to a weight that's comfortable and you have that energy, you you cross that threshold, you're going to naturally want to exercise. So, yeah. so don't fret about it. We're, and it's we're enjoyable. Not- yeah, there's, there's no way I could have lifted weights in the beginning. I would have hurt my knees. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, oh, I can't wait to hear your weightlifting stories. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. Absolutely. <laughs> so the final one we've got is from Punky Pie, and Punky asks a bunch of questions about, you know, this is my weight, this is my height, um, this this is how much exercise I do, and, and uh, you know, um, and how much – please help me. Um, I'm confused. How do I get started? So mm. we're going to talk about the basics of keto. But what I would say to Punky is uh, the keto calculator, which we'll link from the show notes, is the best way to start because you type all that information into that and that will tell you how to get started, how much your protein ranges are, what your uh, approximate lean body mass is. But as Punky's actually uh, on um, basal insulin and she asked it, uh, uh, specifically about uh, starting out as a diabetic. And I wanted to make a comment actually about as, as a type 2 diabetic myself that my goal was, number one, to get my blood glucose into a safe range. And to be honest, mm. the, only, the only time I thought about weight loss was when people said that losing weight would be healthier for me. Um, people still think that type 2 diabetes is caused by obesity and, you know, if I fix my obesity, that fixes my type 2 diabetes. But mm. in fact, both things are caused by a third factor, which is chronic high insulin. Mm. So the keto diet does three specific things for diabetics. It performs a chronic benefit, an evident benefit, and an acute benefit. And what I mean by that is the chronic benefit is it lowers insulin, which and that chronic lower insulin gives us an opportunity over years to lower our underlying insulin resistance to the levels that we had when we were younger. So that's and the, the word chronic means over a long period of time. Yeah, that's right. All the time. Yeah, yeah, things build up and change. So chronic high insulin means your insulin has been creeping up for a number of years. Yeah, and the longer your insulin is high, the, the more likely you are to develop a resistance to it. The, the flip side of that is the longer you can keep it low, the more likely you are to, to work through and get to a point where you're as insulin resistant as you were when you were younger. Mm. Um, so that's the cr the chronic benefit. The the acute benefit, which happens pretty much from day one, uh, and this is a benefit that nobody will probably re really notice, but it, the, this benefit is that we get a backup functional glucose control using glycogen for those of us who have uh, damaged our ability to handle glucose via insulin. Mm. So normally humans can react to too high glucose by just releasing a little more insulin from our pancreas, and that lowers our too high glucose. Mm-hmm. But for those of us who are broken, um, we can't effectively stop high glucose events because it, we, our ability, to, we either can't make insulin or the stuff that we make doesn't work as well. If we can make insulin, um, some of us are type 2 diabetic, we can make insulin, but it can take four to five hours to do the same thing that normal people do in 60 minutes. So mm. that chronic high glucose causes all of these horrible side effects of diabetes, amputation, kidney disease, blindness, heart disease. Yeah. Um, but what we actually have is a backup method to raise too low glucose by releasing another hormone from our pancreas called glucagon. And this hormone causes us to make glucose in our livers. So what we're really doing is we're supporting low levels of glucose instead of trying to tamp down high levels of glucose. And the only way to do that is by not eating any of the stuff. So our blood glucose goes low enough uh, so that this mechanism kicks in. So that's really the acute benefit for us. And, and the evident benefit for us is that we lose weight. And everyone says, right. hey, you've lost weight. You're looking really healthy. That's actually not the main story. The main story is we've got our glucose out under control and we're less likely to have a foot amputation. Well said, my friend. Well said. 
Thank you very much. So I think we should uh, we should have a we should talk about what a ketogenic diet is, as we always do at the beginning of our podcast. Maybe we should bring our guest on to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Brenda Zorn. Yes. Brenda Zorn. So Brenda, what is hey. a, what is a ketogenic diet? A uh, ketogenic diet is uh, less than twenty grams of carbohydrate a day and enough protein to maintain lean muscle mass and usually fat to, to satiate. And and when people ask me that, um, I have to now, knowing what I know, have to say, um, you do that, that, that's pure keto, but that's not the end of the story. Because we all know that after you go through keto flu and you hit that first plateau, you may need to do a few things to break through the plateau if you're not patient. If you want to, you can just wait it out, but it could take a long time. So we've learned that, you know, a fast breaks through plateaus mm -hmm. and lowers your lowers your basal insulin level. And uh, and exercise will also do that, mm -hmm. lower your insulin level. And so there are these, uh, you know, we sort of have a combination of ketogenic eating and fasting and landing on actually the situation where you eat less. Right. Figure out your macros, eat, eat less fat. So you're eating, your body's using more of your body fat. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you're eating too much plate fat, you, you might not lose. You might stall. You might mm. gain. Yeah. Yes. So Brenda, I want to hear your story. You and Richard always call each other your metabolic twin. Yes. <laughs> we have the same Very numbers. Very much so metabolic twins. All of our numbers are almost exactly the same. It's amazing. And you started about the same time? Right, right. I started uh, February 2014. I was Yeah, we didn't know each other. That was uh, No, I, we didn't know each other. I guess I met Brenda about a year ago when I joined the Ninjas group, but both of us had already been in ketosis for already a year. Yeah, I, I actually saw you in another group for quite a while before that, Richard. Oh, so, yeah. That's what, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Stop. Yes, I, I, I followed you almost this entire time, so we've kind of known each other for a while. Mm. Yeah. So what? Where did you start? I mean, what caused you to get? How did you get to the ketogenic diet? Oh, oh, um, somebody told me something about Facebook groups. I didn't even know about Facebook groups. Mm. wasn't much of an internet person, and um, and then someone told me. Uh, my good friend Dean down in Chicago told me about uh, gluten free, and that's, I was desperate. I wanted to do anything, something to get better, to lose weight. So I joined some of those groups, and that led to LCHF, low-carb, high-fat. And very quickly, mm -hmm. I stumbled across keto. And I thought, oh, my God, these people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, how can you not eat carbohydrate? That whole thing, I went through that whole thing, but I right. felt very rebellious and brave. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to fast and do this. I'm <laughs> I will do I will do whatever, you know, I have to do to get better and I was watching these people, you know, improve their A1C and lower their blood pressure and I thought there's no way, but I'm game. Yeah. Yeah. So, it started happening for me right away. Well, within a couple of months, um I yeah. I had a I had a lot more energy. I was sleeping better. Uh, my skin improved. Um, my goodness, all kinds of things happened. It wasn't weight loss mm -hmm. for me right away, but blood sugar control almost right away. Um, mm. Did you actually think that you might have had a gluten allergy? Because this is something that uh, we hear a bit. 
is that the number of people who are actually gluten intolerant is probably a lot less than the people who think that they are gluten sensitive. Mm. And really what they're doing is they're cutting out carbohydrates and saying, see, it's the gluten. I did not know I was willing to try anything. And, and, you know, I kind of believe it's it's a problem for a lot of people. But Mm. no, I I didn't believe um, I had any kind of intolerance or disease. I just thought I would try it. Mm. And I stopped all grain. I think it was September 2013, mm-hmm. and I started feeling better right away. I think I lost 20 pounds then. Just with grain. It was because I was starting to go low carb and didn't realize yeah. it. Right. You aged into it. So I then guess. when I got keto, it was like, you know, no grain, really low carb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And did you have a fear of fat like everybody else? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I've never had higher cholesterol or anything, so I wasn't you know, that worried about that part. Just, mm. I guess something runs in my family. We just don't really get high cholesterol, mm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I thought, wow, I don't know, butter, eggs, um, fatty meats. Bring I, it on. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so sure about all that. Uh. But, um, but yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, diagnosed type two and I had, um, I had an A1C. My worst one was uh, 11 point something. Like Richard. Just like Richard, yeah. Yeah, mine was 11.2, yeah. Yeah, but my, I think I beat you on triglycerides, didn't I? Weren't mine like 1,200? Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it was really bad. Mine were 11.11. Mine were only got up to 300, so I... Yeah, I sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I, and I didn't even understand all that. I remember the um, one of the days that I went to give blood, and the girl actually came out of the lab with the test tube in her hand. And she said, hmm. I've never seen anything like this. And, and and she says it's separated. And it was like, it looked like half blood, half, you know, fat floating on top. I'm not kidding it. Whoa. But I didn't know what I was looking at. Wow. That's a kick in the pants, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And they put me on three statins too, which I didn't even know that they were statins at the time. But I rebelled against that pretty quickly. Probably only took them for a few months <laughs> and started looking for an alternative way to fix myself. Now, did you look up any of the science behind uh, statins in the whole, you know, problems with them and all of that? I started to see some things, yeah, um, that it, they might be behind um, some of the causes of some dementia and things like that. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, hell no. Plus, I don't really like taking medications or anything unnatural anyway. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I... Yeah, And, you know, the doctor had me go to the nutritionist and the, you know, American Diabetes Association classes and all that. And I did everything exactly like they told me. I followed Mm, everything exactly, measured things, everything. And I kept getting sicker and they kept putting me on more pills. And I thought, something's not right here. It's freaking evil, man. Yeah. I quit everything. I quit all the medication and started, I actually started fasting, (laughs) but I didn't realize (laughs) that that's what started to make me better. Mm. I actually started eating uh, only once a day at the end of the day mm. and started getting better then, too. And that's what your your current pattern is, uh, is that, one one meal a day? Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, the intermittent fasting, um, I do uh, 24, which means I fast for 20 hours, and I have an eating window of four. Mm-hmm. Between like 4 and 8 p.m. is what I chose. It works for me. Right. And, you know, mm. my body's so used to it. I'm not hungry at all until my window approaches. <laughs> yeah. I like to eat, so. 
And yeah. yeah, 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 and you you post your dinners too. They're they're epic. Yeah, they look they look awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I kind of like playing with the food. Definitely. Well, you're one of us for sure. Yeah, or we're one of you, one of the other. Yeah, <laughs> but like Richard, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and all um, like he likes to say, and I and I repeat this now, all my uh, the metabolic markers for disease are gone. Yep. I have nice. normal blood pressure. I have normal A one C. I have normal. You know, triglycerides, and I there there are no problems now, and and I've been strict keto since February 2014. I've been following it very carefully. And have you had the equivalent of a carotid artery scan or a coronary calcium scan or anything like that? I've had some uh, ultrasound type things, and they it, everything I I saw in the pictures were was completely clear. But no, I didn't do the calcium one. No. I'm not worried. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about weightlifting and exercise. This is something that we have not addressed on uh, the show too much. Yeah, we just kind of touch on a little bit of exercise that I do. But uh, yeah, I tell us about you weightlifting, Brad. Right. Um, okay. Well, uh, when I first joined this gym. Years ago, I could do a little bit of weightlifting, you know, 40 pounds here, 60 mm -hmm. pounds there, and whatever. Um, and I would get very tired. Uh, I would get to the point sure. where um, athletes talk about where you hit the wall, where you just can't do anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, after being on keto for a while, I decided to go try weightlifting again. And I couldn't mm -hmm. believe the amount, like double, the, right away, wow. the amount of weight that I could lift. And I've been following a really a regular schedule of weightlifting for about a year now. I do it twice a week. Um, I have about 11 machines I do. And uh, the, mm -hmm. I haven't reached a limit yet on what I can lift. Wow. And I lift faster. Wow. And this blows me away. I don't even, you know, I can't today, today, yep. <laughs> because I knew I would be talking to you guys. Um, I wanted to mm -hmm. see just how much I could lift on that leg lift machine. And mm -hmm. so... I'm already like up to uh, four by tens, five by fives at 360 and 375. There's mm, only two wow. plates left on the machine, 390 wow. and 400. Like Jeez. And I lifted all 400 today, no problem. Sweet. I, it just went, and I, now what do I do? I've, I've lifted the whole <laughs> machine. Oh, I got to go to free weights, I guess, but you know. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable the amount of strength I have. Uh, and have some have somebody sit on it. <laughs> okay, yeah, have, right. Have a couple of guys at the gym, a couple of glucose burners sit on it. <laughs> oh, I know. You know what's funny is when they walk by and see what I'm lifting. I'm 52 years old. Yeah, and I'm right. and oh my god, and a woman. Oh lord. Yeah, and <laughs> and they walk by and they just are. You know, I've seen them shake their head and keep going. I mean. Do you wear a shirt that crazy. says, don't fast with me, I'm keto-powered? Probably. I, 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 have a, I have a bacon shirt that I wear. <laughs> uh, yeah. And your endurance, too. Obviously, we know when you're fat adapted, you use your fat for energy and you can go and go right. and go and go and go. So, is that is that right. one of the reasons that, uh, because I guess if you're burning glucose and lifting weights, you're very rapidly using up your glycogen stores, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And I just don't hit the wall. I could, I have to stop. Yeah. I could keep going and going. But the thing that freaks me out is that I'm doing it 14, 16 hours fasted. 
And yeah. I go during wow. my three-day extended fast every month. I go and lift the weights also. And it's a little over an hour, hour, hour and a half that I do this. Wow. Um, but I, I, it's just, it's like unlimited energy. And it feels so good. And it's shaping my body. And I'm building some muscle. Nothing weird. It doesn't, yeah, women yeah. don't build muscle like men. We don't have the testosterone to do that. Mm. But um, oh, the strength is unbelievable. And I need it because I, um, I ride a... Uh, I ride a huge 450-pound dual-sport motorcycle, mm-hmm. and to have nice. the muscle to handle that thing, it's kind of tall and top-heavy, yeah. is just fantastic. You are a keto ninja, aren't you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> ninja warrior. <laughs> yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, I love it. And, I, and I'm going to always do this. I don't have any plans to stop being ketogenic. All right, and in terms of weight, how much have you lost and how much more do you want to lose? Um, since all this started, I have lost 70 pounds and I probably oh, need nice. to lose maybe another 30. I don't know. I have so much muscle. It's hard to tell. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost 70 pounds and added muscle. So mm-hmm. really you've yes. probably lost a lot more fat than that. I have lost. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Mm. I've lost much more fat than that. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. We know that the diet is muscle sparing. Jeff Volick showed that uh, he had uh, uh, some athletes uh, on a ketogenic diet and basically told them, try to keep your weight stable, um, eat as much as you want for six weeks. And they all lost, uh, they lost on average four kilograms of body fat and they all put on 1.1 kilograms of muscle and they weren't doing any exercise. Wow. Right. It's incredible. It's 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 muscle building the ketogenic. Absolutely. And fasting even more so. Fasting adds to the muscle building and extended fasts even even more. And have we mentioned lately that you shouldn't try fasting before you're fat adapted? Have we mentioned that lately? Please mention that, yes. <laughs> and oh the my. other thing we haven't mentioned lately is is you really don't have to fast to be a part of this group. Did we mention that too? Nah. <laughs> Yeah, we just love fasting, but no, you don't need to. No, but, and especially yeah. the beginning. Don't even think about it at the beginning. No, don't yeah. even think about it at the beginning. Jeez, go easy on yourself. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I did an extended fast, it was Brenda's fault that I got into it because <laughs> yes, it she is. came out in the, on her forum and said, I'm doing an extended fast and by myself. Who's and, with me? And, you know, she said, who's with me? And I'm, I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought I there's no way. I used to think that. That going without a meal is like punishment, right? As your mother says, you know, if you if if you keep on acting like that, you'll go without dinner. And so for me, it was cruel, cruel and unusual punishment. It was a torture. So um, I'm like, no, there's no way that I can last right, forty eight right. hours or twenty four hours. But let me let me give it a go, and we'll see how long I go. And I'm like seventy hours in, and I'm I'm doing like uh, I'm going wahoo, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I I never thought I would be the kind of person who could actually not eat yep. for for more than a couple of hours. Me too. Turns out I could right. I could not eat for I could not eat for seventy hours, and yeah. at the end of that, when I when I exercise, I'm three kilometers now faster when I don't eat for three days before I ride mm. than when I have a truffle degustation <laughs> the night before. <laughs> It's amazing. It is amazing. You mentioned before, Brenda, that when you started the ketogenic diet, that you felt better, but you didn't see any weight loss right away. And we've seen this with other people that, it, you know, it can be very frustrating. 
Karen Mangiacotti mm. comes to mind. She did it and she felt great and she had mega energy, but she didn't lose any weight for a while. And then it started coming off. But it, did, what, what, uh, what were some of the other things that were going on when you first started? Well, when I first started, um, I, uh, I noticed that, uh, I didn't have a, a regular depression cycle, which I would have probably every two, three months. Oh, really? It just, it just never occurred. And mm. I started to read and found out there was a lot of other people whose depression just disappeared. I mean, mine was on a regular basis for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Wow. And wow. so and that, that's what made me stay and stick with it. And sure enough, I have not had a reoccurrence. So, I mean, those ketones and everything, I mean. <laughs> wow. And That's, was it yeah. a diagnosis or do you just, just felt down in the dumps every three months? Yeah, no, no diagnosis. Just, um, just, yeah, just really have trouble getting motivated. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. I have seen a case study, at least one, uh, where, uh, a couple of people have, uh, relieved their symptoms of depression and bipolar with uh, a ketogenic diet and, uh, hasn't come back. So, there, there might be something to that. Wow. Right. Maybe we'll find a link to it. I, I know when you're talking about ketones being good for, uh, for uh, depression, I know Jeff Sears says that when he was uh, going off uh, prescription painkillers, he found that having ketones in his body helped with this pain mitigation and pain management. Huh. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah, if you're going off OxyContin or, or, or some other endone or, or some other uh, opiate, then dealing with both the the addiction issues and also dealing with the pain that's coming in that it, you were taking the, the opiate to deal with, um, ketones help a lot with that. So um, that's uh, extremely powerful, apparently. I don't I don't doubt that at all. I, I um, had pain in my joints and knees and things when uh, before I started the ketogenic diet, and that was also one of the first things to disappear and has not returned. So I had this uh, had this sensation today and this feeling, and I expressed it on John Sanmez's uh, podcast that I was on today. Mm-hmm. That the and I don't want to get all caveman paleo on you guys, but uh, <laughs> okay. but you know, a hundred years ago, hundred and fifty years ago, or whatever it was, this stuff didn't exist. Like there was no you know, heart disease and all the, you know, obviously cancer has always been a problem, but there, we didn't have an epidemic of diabetes and heart disease. It right. really only started happening when we started making fake food and selling it in boxes. And, you know, and, and uh, as Nina says, that's one of the, one of the suspects, we really, we really don't know, but one of the suspects is all this crappy food that we, we turn to. And the other thing is, uh, uh, that if you think about it that way, then we're, this isn't a crazy diet. You know, it seems like a miracle cure for all these things, but the real miracle is our bodies. All we're doing is mm-hmm. we're just taking away the poison and letting the body do what it naturally does. So we're returning to a natural state of, of ketosis that we've been in for thousands and thousands of years, mostly uh, on like and off. Like the fasting caveman, right? That's, yeah. that's basically what, what, what we are. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't want to get all caveman Absolutely. and paleo on you, but you know, it's kind of true. And I don't that's, mean no, the caveman. That's just true. But if, forget about the caveman. How about the people in the 1800s and the 1700s? How about, sure. you know, they, they, yep. they didn't have this epidemic. It's, and it's a horrible epidemic right now. I, have you guys ever gone over the numbers on your show? Un- unbelievable. No, unbelievable and the I, amount of people that are I know coming down with the type two and just 
really sad. It's estimated that 85% of people in the West are on some level of progression marching toward wow. type 2 diabetes. Wow. Yes, yes. I believe it. Not me. Not me. I stopped the progression. I'm in full remission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm raising my hand over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. No more damage to my body. Nope. So Gary Fetke talks about, he's an orthopedic surgeon in Tasmania who had cancer when he was younger, had brain cancer when he was younger and went on a low sugar diet uh, to help his recovery from that. And he t- he has become quite an advocate for uh, low low carb high fat diets mm. because he takes he he used to when he first started practice about uh, I think twenty years ago or so he would uh, amputate a foot a month a diabetic foot oh. in Tasmania oh. every month and now he does several a week oh, and no. so you know in that in that regard you probably you know th- there's something like eighty. Diabetic feet every week get cut off in Australia, and oh, that's wow. in the population of you know we've only got like twenty three million people, so that's the population of Los Angeles. We've got a uh, uh, eighty diabetic feet every every week get wow. get get cut off, and in the US it's something like nineteen hundred. Um, I oh had a look God. at uh, at some statistics and tried to calculate it. It's about nineteen hundred diabetic feet every week. Uh, removed in and in England it's 150 every week. That definitely shows something. Well, that brought the conversation to screeching halt. That's a bit of a downer. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> hey, you guys lift weights? You gonna start? Uh, believe it or not, I am. I have a total gym at home, and I haven't put it together yet, but I yeah, plan to. Well, oh, okay. Well, that'll be a yeah. workout in itself, just putting it together. Yeah, I will. I know. Because I want to compare notes with you guys when you start lifting, see if you can do more than I can. The thing is, I bought it off Craigslist, <laughs> and it comes with an assembly VHS tape that I can't play. <laughs> oh, you don't have a VCR? <laughs> What's a VCR? I, I, I still have one. Okay. <laughs> My VCR is still flashing midnight. I don't understand that. Oh, right, right. I got back to Australia in 2006. And my goal, I, I sort of semi-retired. My plan was to try and fix my diabetes. And it took me about a decade before I worked out how to do that. Mm. But one of the things that I thought, you, you, everyone says, you know, you should exercise and you should eat less. And I, so I tried that. And oh. the exercise part of it, I thought, well, I should go to a personal trainer. And so I, I went down to the local gym and I put up my hand and I said to the, the guy down there, I said, mate, I, I'm stuffed. I need, I need help. Mm. So as a total newbie in 2006, I was going to the gym uh, four days a week uh, mm. with a personal trainer saying, lift this, lift that. And and wow. so I let them basically, they they built my body up to the point where I could actually, I could ride as much as I do. And so I owe them a lot for building my, mu- building my muscles even before I was keto. But the interesting thing is, uh, up until about nine months ago, I was still going to the gym four days a week, but I wasn't doing a lot of exercise cycling. And when I moved to Canberra nine months ago, uh, I didn't have a gym up here, so I've I've got some uh, dumbbells that I do a, a little bit of weights. But most of my exercise these days is endurance cycling, which is fantastic. What you're doing, yeah, endu- endurance cycling is really good for me. I've you know, I deplete my glycogen and, and I, I'm doing stuff, superhuman stuff. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> if you were to ask, if you were to ask me like even just two years ago, could you ever not eat for three days and then cycle for a hundred K? I'd, I'd say that I don't recognize right. that person. Yeah. 
Mm. So, but no, I'm. But I'm. I haven't. I haven't lost the muscles that I've built over the ten years of of doing weights with a personal trainer four times a week. I haven't. I haven't lost any of those on keto, and yet you know, for the past nine months, I've just been. I've been sporadic uh, weightlifting. I've been mainly doing the bicycle. I just love it so much. So. I like to get everybody going on it. Mm. It just. Uh-huh. I just feel so good when I do it. Yep. And I only do it twice a week. I figure the rest is for rest and repair. You know. Well, that's where mm-hmm. the real magic happens, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I see people making that mistake a, a lot, uh, and I don't lift weights, but I see people talking about it, and they, they go and go and go and go and exercise and exercise and never rest, but that's right. your muscles actually build when you rest, not when you're actually doing Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Have a nice grass-fed steak or something and help build them up. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, Brenda, do you do like uh, leg day one day and then upper body the other day? No, I don't. Um, everything that I do, I just kind of came up with on my own and it's working. So I just kind of kept adding a machine. What I would do um, is I would have one of the personal trainers come over and show me how to properly use a machine. And then I would lift as much as I possibly could. And when I decided I needed to add a, another muscle group, I'd do the same thing. I'd go grab one of the personal trainers and have them show me how to properly. You know, and now I'm up to 11 machines, and I'm <laughs> starting to max them out. <laughs> it's, just, it's unreal. Yeah. I get on the machine, and this this bulky probably, you know, I'm not ripping on him, but glucose burner person probably yeah. gets off of there, and he's he's just wiped, and he just got, and I get on there, and I'm not <laughs> adjusting the weight. I'm lifting what he just lifted, and he's probably 25, you know, and I'm 52. I just love that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um. Well, is there anything else that you want to say to the to the masses before we uh, get to the the other part of the show? Oh well, you know, there's going to be people that are interested in lifting. I imagine if women hear me, the women are going to be interested in lifting now. And I guess I would say to them, um, once you're fat adapted, uh, definitely uh, give it a shot. Uh, start out slow, you know, start out low and just build up. Mm. You know. Uh, I sometimes post my numbers and I know some of it sounds kind of crazy because I can lift quite a bit, but by all means, that took me a long time to get there. I mean, inching up the machine five or 10 pounds at a time. I mean, you you have to start somewhere and I wouldn't want anybody to think they'd have to be like that, Right. but they can do it. They can do it. I don't care how old they are or where, you know, how sick they were, you know, look at my story. I mean, I can, uh, I can lift an amazing amount of weight, and the people at the gym are starting to come over and talk to me and watch me. It's I'm starting to attract attention, so <laughs> it's um, it's a little yeah. I'm a little unusual over there. At so you can imagine if like uh, all these world sports figures found out about keto, they wouldn't be oh, doping; they would be ketoing. I mean, it turns mm. out ketones are like the most powerful drug that you can take, and it's not even a drug. I know. It's amazing. Like I said, I just, I can't believe how much I can lift and I have not reached a limit yet. I'm still adding weight and I've been doing it for a year. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm curling probably about 80 right now, (laughs) you know, and 80 80 pounds on bicep curls. Yes. And, uh, adduction and abduction, the inside and outside muscle on the thigh, I'm doing 210 and 180, which, you know, nobody does. So <laughs> I got really strong legs. 
<laughs> so, yeah. hey, oh, one of the things I'm going to do this summer, I'm going to um, I'm going to crack a watermelon between my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would be Fast. fucking awesome. I totally want it. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it. I know I can do it at this point. <laughs> it's a, it's life goals, right? Summer goals. That is so awesome, Brenda. <laughs> you're just it. such a warrior. Keep on keeping on, and and you know, you're an inspiration to us all, especially on the groups with your posts. Good. I just want to help people. I love people, and I want to help anybody I can. You know, people help me. I want to help them. That helps me to help them. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Brenda. You're welcome. And that brings us to recipes. Could you say y'all do for a little recipes? Recipes. Recipes. I'm going to go first tonight. Go for it. All right. I'll go first. So uh, I posted this one just in the forum today. I didn't post this on my uh, blog, but I guess now I'm talking about it publicly. I have to. So I yeah. made a shrimp scampi <laughs> fathead pizza today. Ooh. Oh, that sounded so good. <laughs> First of all, I had a, sh- a regular shrimp scampi pizza at a pizza place, you know, with thin crust and whatever when I wasn't keto. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best pizzas I've ever had. I mean, the, the combination cool. of butter and garlic and shrimp and mozzarella mm-hmm. and maybe some Parmesan or Asiago was just too much. I, I just, that was the best pizza ever. So I wanted to try it. And uh, I made the regular fathead pizza crust recipe, but this time I used fresh mozzarella. And I don't mean okay. the kind that's pure white that comes in a brine that you get at salad bars. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The real soft yeah, kind, because yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. too much. Yeah, it's got too much water in it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. instead, the uh, I get a store made fresh mozzarella cheese that has all the water squeezed out of it, but it's still fresh. You know, it's still white. Nice. Yeah. And it's not yellow and aged or or smoked or dried or whatever, whatever they do to that stuff. So Mm. I put that in a food processor to shred it this time, which Mm -hmm. saved a load of effort. And and I made that dough and it comes out nice and crispy brown. And then what I do is I slather some olive oil on there and it's already got some garlic, salt and onion powder when I, when I bake it, you know, because that's part of the recipe. Yep. So, uh, while that's cooking, I saute six or seven raw jumbo shrimp and I cut them in pieces. So I get bite-sized chunks in three tablespoons of butter with one clove of crushed garlic and a little salt and pepper and a splash of white wine, you know, and just let that mm, cook down and yeah. reduce down and get all thick and buttery. Oh Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm getting excited. Kyle's getting hungry. I'm getting excited. I'm just talking about it. Yeah. So that comes out, uh, and I put the olive oil on there, and I arrange the shrimp and spread them out, and then pour the butter, the garlic butter over it every last drop. And then I add uh, shredded mozzarella to the top, and I'm using just regular mozzarella. Mm -hmm. And also some uh, Asiago shreds, just a few. And then uh, I do a chiffonade of basil. And sprinkle that on there, and that goes back in the oven, just like any other fathead pizza, and it's just so good. Oh, fancy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had to say nice. 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 Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Richard Morris. That sounds awesome, Carl. Oh, yeah. That it, sounds really good. I'm going to have to make me some of that stat. <laughs> yeah, and tell me, tell me how it came out. Mm, will do. I'll post it. I'll do. I'll make it and post it. Awesome. All right. All right. What's what you got, Richard? 
But I've I've got uh, baked egg in lamb mince, and this is like hmm. a Moroccan. It's a Moroccan dish, but instead of using Moroccan spices, I use more European spices. So I'm using like a lamb mince, and I'm adding rosemary, thyme, and garlic to that. Oh, so nice. The normal Moroccan uh, spices you you'd use cinnamon, cumin, and coriander mm. seed, but uh, so basically you start off with a an earthenware dish that you're going to cook in. And you, we're going to basically put this in the oven. We're going to make make a, a a mince, or I guess in America you might call it a chili, but you're making a like a mince sauce, and then we're going to break an egg into it, put it in the oven. Uh, while it's hot, and uh, then basically you you let the yolk of the egg that's almost cooked through uh, become the sauce for sourcing the meal. And I've got it on my website, uh, and you can see nice pictures of exactly the earthenware pots I'm talking about. Yeah, but in Minnesota they call that a hot dish. Yeah, a hot dish. Oh okay, yeah, yeah that's dish. an egg hot yeah, dish. Betcha, ah, Minnesota, know. yeah. You betcha. <laughs> ah, it's good eating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's a regular mince. So you basically start with something like onion, garlic chopped up, and uh, and uh, you uh, sweat that off in a in a pan with a bit of uh, bacon fat or something like that. And then you add uh, your lamb mince, and you cook that until the mince is cooked through. And then you add a tin of chopped tomatoes, and and you cook that until the tomatoes are totally broken down. Then you add your peppers, capsicum, um, and cook it for five more minutes to soften that. Mm. And then uh, so once you've got this in, uh, once you've cooked this mince up, you can freeze it at this point and then reconstitute it in the microwave later on. Yep. So you can do a whole bunch and, and freeze it in portions and uh, reconstitute it. And then uh, once you've got it in the dish, uh, you uh, – you're either coming straight out of the pan so you're hot or you've brought it out of the freezer and you put it in the microwave and, and, and warmed it up. And then you basically put the oven on. Uh, you basically put it in the in the oven for about 12 minutes and um, you don't want a really hot oven, probably 180 Celsius. And um, so what you do is you, you make a little divot in the middle of the mince and you put a crack an egg into it and you put it in the oven for 12 minutes. And that basically cooks the white of the egg, but the yolk should be set on the outside and liquid on the inside. So when you cut into it, the, the yolk will source the top of the dish, and it's delicious. Yeah. Very good. So yeah. that's my recipe. Yeah. So, Brenda, did you want to – it's up to you. We, I haven't even thought whether you might want to Yeah, you've got, a, a recipe you've got recipes, Brenda. What's, your, what's a typical oh, lunch like goodness. for you? Well, um. Well, off the top of my head, I could tell people about compound butter. That's an easy thing to do for people. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. Compound butter is, is just butter softened, and then you mix in some fresh herbs or powdered spices even. Um, my favorite is to take about a stick of butter and soften it, uh, add a couple of tablespoons of cream and kind of whip it a little bit, and then put in about a cup of chopped fresh parsley. That's my favorite one. And then you... Um, oh, yeah. After that's mixed really well, you roll it up in some wax paper, put it in the fridge, and when it's uh, hardened, you can slice it, and it looks pretty damn fancy sitting on top of your steak. Mm, yeah. Like so you put a little sauce. disc of that on top of a hot steak, and it just melts. Yes. Yum. I've made it with cilantro. I've made it with, um, oh, smoked paprika is a lovely one, and I love compound butter. 
One of the things that I love about seeing your post is every Wednesday, is it? You you go shopping and you say, let's right. play a game. Which end of the shopping cart is Brenda's? And you see like the bacon and the ham hocks and the steaks on one side. And then you see yep. like Raisin Bran and, you know, this stuff on oh, the other. And cookies on the other. Yeah, I shop, I shop for people as part of my job. But when I'm at these stores, I always find all these great deals on meat, which is why you know, I I have a lot of pretty nice meat <laughs> posted a lot of the time mm. because I get all these deals on short ribs and shrimp. And yeah. this week I found crab for three bucks a pound. It was unreal. But yeah, I I like to post a shopping cart and tell people, ask them, I try to guess which end of the cart is mine. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's awesome. It's nice. all the meat. <laughs> <laughs> so you had yeah. Wagyu the other day for the first time. Oh, yes. So tell us about Wagyu. Oh, I'm hooked now. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I was skeptical. Isn't it kind of like beef flavored fat? I mean, that's what it seemed like to me when I had it in is Seattle. That, is that, are you the one that said that beef flavored fat? Yeah. Because, yeah, that's such a good description. <laughs> it's <laughs> because, just like yeah, butter. I mean, that, that good fat on the edge of a steak, that, it's like the whole thing is tasty. Like, it was, un, it yeah. was great. It was really great. It's expensive, but worth it. The fat is so incorporated into the meat that, mm-hmm. that it, it all just sort of melts together. Yes, everybody should uh, treat themselves to a Wagyu steak every now and then, yeah. Yep. Yeah. If reincarnation is a thing, I want to come back as one of those Wagyu cows because they are treated well. They're fed Don't beer. Don't they get massages and, and stuff? They get massages with, uh, with <laughs> like, um, uh, bits of hay and they're just really looked after. Wow. So let's, let's uh, disambiguate here. The original um, Japanese beef is Kobe beef. Kobe. Yeah, Yeah. and Kobe is not available. They do not export it, right? So how does Wagyu compare to that? Wagyu Wagyu is is Japanese for Japanese cow. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, Kobe Kobe is the good is the the, the best of the best uh, in Japan and it is exported to some restaurants. You can get Kobe beef at uh, at uh, fine fine restaurants all over the place. But um, Wagyu Wagyu cattle exist outside of Japan. Okay. And for example, the Wagyu that we get at Costco here in Australia is actually from Australian Wagyu mm. cows. So it's an Australia Japanese breed brought out to Australia, treated the same way the Japanese treat they we, we feed them beer as well. Right. And they're delicious. So yeah. So when you th- when you think about it, when we were carb burners, that was that was what the insides of us was looking like. Yeah, you know, people say that about foie gras, you know, fatty liver diseases. If you want to know what that looks like, just pick up some foie gras. What is foie gras except a duck's liver that's been force-fed grain? A goose, yeah. A goose, yeah. 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 Yikes. Okay, brought it to another screeching halt there. (laughs) I'm just happy I don't have any of that foie gras in my body. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. The only foie gras I want in my body is going to be in my stomach. (laughs) <laughs> my belly. My belly. <laughs> Brenda, thank you so much for joining us on this very special edition of Two Keto Dudes. We couldn't have fast and done it without you. No, it's been fast and awesome. You guys are fucking awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Any last words of wisdom? Yes. You need to know that it takes a fucking fierce self-love to do this. Yes, it does. Indeed. Well said. All right. On that note, we're going to call it a show. Richard, thanks very much. Brenda, thank you again. 
You're welcome. Thanks, Carlin. I would mention that if uh, you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something you don't agree with, or some more research that you found to support or refute what we've said, send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com or post it on our website. Or you can join our Facebook group again at uh, fb.2keto.com. Now you can follow us on Twitter at 2KetoDudes. And you can also get t-shirts that say, keep calm and keto on. And also, show me the science. Nice. Trademark. I got one. At gear.2keto.com. You got one what? I ordered one of those shirts. I can't wait for it to get here. All right. Awesome. I'm going to wear it to the gym. Me too. <laughs> I'm going to wear mine to my doctors. <laughs> yeah. Show me the science. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes and a Dudette.